I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Duck? Yeah, who are those guys? So, so that's like that's this. Where are they from? They're from like Norway or some shit. I, I honestly don't know. I, they seem English to me. There's a lot of corny English. Guys Maybe. Out there. It's like this metal, this metal record label, but they always they do like mainly folk, hokey, crappy, like theatrical stuff. Theatrical stuff, and it's always mm-hmm. just like really poorly produced and like over the top, and just like it's people that are like. Oh yeah, we're like a Viking night band. It's it's music. <laughs> it's heavy metal for people who like the Renaissance Fair too much. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, like so. There's always a theme to the bands. A lot of Vikings. A lot of pirates. Just the lamest. Always shit. something a little, a little deeper. Yeah, yeah, and they always pull it off wrong. There's always a band or two who does it right, and then two hundred other bands who fuck it up. Fuck it up. Yeah, yeah. and then All they right. have then they randomly have Scott Stapp. Come out with an album on, on Yeah. Who doesn't love some Scott Stapp? Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. Well, since we are rolling and we've been talking Regis and Scott already, welcome to Roast Mortem. Uh, <laughs> God, God bless you, your soul, your ears for bringing us to them. Um, it's the anal show. How is it go? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. Right. It's yeah, the anal show. Anal yes, show. it's yeah. history, but it's the anals of history show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my name's Tom. I'm Travis, and I'm Connor. Uh, no one else is with us tonight, as it should be. I yeah, suppose. and l- let me tell you, we were talking to Regis before. I don't know why Regis is dead. I don't know if he could roast him. I don't know if he was a dick. Whenever I think of Regis Philbin, I think about peanut butter cookies. You know when they put the uh, like the, the the little cross check with the fork in it, and it kind of looks yeah. like Yoda's head. Uh, that's, yeah. that's why does that make you think of Regis Philbin? I don't know. Or why does Regis he, Philbin make you think of that? I think Regis Philbin was maybe like one of the most wrinkliest men I've seen when I was a kid. Oh, his features. Yeah, okay. I, I maybe I just was, there's like a well-known story that he ate a lot of those. cookies. No, well maybe I was <laughs> eating a lot of peanut butter cookies, which was one of my favorite snacks as a child. Right. right. Which is why I have. Um, I don't like to call it obese. I like to call it uh, prepping. I prep my calories for the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, maybe I was watching Regis and Kathy Lee eating a lot of pe- peanut butter cookies. Mm. There you go. That's one thing. You know, I always imagine Regis to be the kind of guy to hang around uh, near hospitals where mothers are giving birth. And you know how they spank the baby? Like, so, like, yeah. a guy spanks the baby or a lady spanks it, and then they put in the... And before the baby's let down, Regis is the kind of guy to go, uh, may I? <laughs> and then takes the baby and just spanks it for fun. Can yeah. I get in there? And then just puts it down and goes, all right, have a great life. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No one will ever believe this. Yeah. <laughs> Just does that daily, five, six times, or he did, rest in peace, or whatever. Rip to Regis. It's strange. It's not bad. Yeah. Uh, guys, speaking of Regis, how was your weeks? Whoa. All right. This is a weird one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, well, I, I don't have much. Yeah. Not much. Cause probably because we're. You know, hanging out, and uh, my week was the same as last week. Yeah. 
Yeah, I had a very similar week. Yeah. Um, played D&D on Friday. Uh, went shopping for cool new clothes on Saturday. It was great. Nice. Did you get any And One shirts? No. Mm. TJ Maxx was sold out of all the sick Oof. And One gear. Damn. Dude, yeah, they have a- like the sections where it like hangs down from the ceiling. It's like women's, men's, shoes, and then it's dope And One gear. And right. it's empty. Whole uh. section. I know. Shit. Yeah, that's that's you know what we should get an endorsement from and one. Yeah, we I'd should. love that. Yeah. Can it be the and one mixtape tour also? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, it's just an hour long history show, uh, being framed by rappers. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I think and one and maybe we could switch it up and do like Def Jam Vendetta as a sponsor, even though that game oh. came out like twenty years ago now. We're, they're still selling. They can't keep, yeah. keep up with the demand. It's still hot. Yeah. still hot. I yeah. think a big pun is dead, so that's a, that's a legacy character now. Uh, rest in peace, Big Punisher. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so uh, spoilers, our week is the same. Yeah, we're doing this back to back. You got us. <laughs> you got me. Of course people don't have D&D sessions back to back. Yeah. It's going to be no. another three months before we play. My God. Yeah, I'm still recovering from the same day drinking you've heard last week. And mm-hmm. I'm still drinking. I don't even remember what I talked about. Was I touching my penis? Whey. Was I talking about whey protein, protein? Whey protein. Making yeah. protein. Shooting protein in my mouth. Look, I'm drinking it right now. Wait, wait juice. Wheat juice. You going to the gym after this, Travis? Uh, no, but see, the reason why I'm using it as a meal replacement, I like I said, I think I said this before the show, teeth are just for decoration. So one, of the right. things I, one of the things I hate about teeth, and this is a history thing, is like your teeth fall out of your face, like while you're alive, constantly, you know, they rot. But then they're like the last thing to decay. You see these like skeletons of people around, you know, probably what we're talking about. And their skull is all rotted away, but their teeth are still white. It is what weird. the fuck is up with that? That's a bad trade-off. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Our human bodies suck. Yeah. Why do I have a tailbone? I want a real tail. I want to be a real boy. <clears throat> I have too many friends who have swallowed teeth. But before I get into that, I think we should just do the show. Yeah. It's yeah. Not mo- we're just blabbering at this point. Bonus right? content will be the teeth swallowing stories. Yes. yes. Multiple. Yeah. So, I don't know if Alexander ever swallowed his teeth. Um, he's in a lot of battles, so I wouldn't be surprised if once or twice he swallowed a tooth. Um, but they don't write about that in the sources. So, we'll just have to guess. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. But, we're getting to the good part of the story where it's possible that he was swallowing teeth. Because we're going to start talking about why this guy is known as the Great, and why he's the, one of the most important historical figures of all time. He wins a lot of battles. So, we're going to talk about his first few. So it's June 336 BC. Alexander is now king. He's secured Macedonian support. He's got the best army ever created, thanks to his daddy, or his stepdaddy, depending on if you ask his mom or Philip. Or and, Zeus. Or Zeus. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Or the high chicks who talk for Zeus. Talk yeah. to those stoned hippie chicks. They stoned hippie chicks. You. Yeah. They they control them now. They're like, He's yo, gonna... dude. They're giving them the supply. You know, they're basically they're dealers. Yeah, but we're, couldn't they be like old chicks too? It so this is an interesting question. The oracles, um, it depends what type of oracle you're at. So the oracle of Delphi, which is like the most popular, well-known one, that was what Travis was saying. It's like a stone teenage girl. Oh, okay. um, there were like crones that you would go consult sometimes. 
Um, we're going to talk about an oracle that plays a big role in Alexander's life um, and probably in our next part. And that oracle um, is a stone that's floating in a boat in a pool of water with cups around the boat. And depending on how it floats when you ask your question, that's the answer you get. So that could be another oracle. I think so, the hippie chicks are the best one, though. So you're telling yeah. me like a magic eight ball could be an oracle. Oh, if you brought a magic eight ball back to Greece, <laughs> you probably would do more damage than if you brought like an Apache helicopter. <laughs> yeah, those are very trusting people. We trust yeah. our objects and our questionable women. <laughs> so what's Alex going to do? As we left off his advisors who are all Philip's generation, you know, his dad's best friends, they're saying, you know, caution, we got a lot of money. We have an army that's being raised um, over in the Bosphorus that needs supplying. So let's just, you know, consolidate what we have before trying to go any further. Alex says, fuck that. Um, he secures Thessaly's continued support um, through a big sum of money. And then he marches the Macedonian army south through the pass at Thermopylae, basically to remind everyone who's got the biggest dick in town. And literally because they've got 18 foot long spears. Right. So if we're going to go off of, like, the great, right, and we're going to, like, relate that to a later great, like Catherine the Great, we're talking about big dicks. She oh, yeah. loved big dicks. So and Alex probably had one and also loved them, too. Yeah. See, there we go. This is how you get a great. Yeah. <laughs> so he moves south with the army. Obviously, he's not intending to fight anyone. It's more just kind of like a show of strength to remind everyone, hey, you submitted to my dad because of this army, so you're going to submit to me because now I'm leading the army. Thebes and Athens say, yeah, sure. You know, we're sorry for grumbling about it after your dad died. We'll still support you. This is the one and only time Alexander will go to Athens. Um, and also while he's there, I think you guys have talked about this. This is when he meets the philosopher Diogenes. Oh, oh yeah. My boy. Yeah. This so was, go this back was, and listen to that one. Yeah. Hanging out with, was, he's the guy hanging out with dogs in the sewer and shit. Like yeah. Gross he boy. said, um, yeah. everyone should live like a dog. So he just would hang out in a big wine jar overturned yeah. and just masturbate while people walked by. Yeah. Here, here's the thing about Diogenes. He's a perfect example of someone in history who I do really like. Oh, but, he's wonderful. But I like him in the context I know him in history. If I knew him in person, I would hate him. I, do, well, like, you can I meet him that. in person just by walking up and down like uh, Manhattan. I yeah, hate go to, to see a, come a to bajillion Diogenes. Come to Portland. There's a Diogenes <laughs> outside. I hate those vets. I hate them. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't want, like, I wouldn't want anything to do, like, when I talk to people who are like, like, oh, yeah, like, live on the wild side, I'm like, you're fucking, yeah. And he was the wild side. He was, yeah. yeah. So, so famously, when he meets Alexander, um, Alexander's like, I want to meet Diogenes, uh, bring me to him, and they're like, all right, he masturbates over here, so he walks over, and he's like, hey, Diogenes, what's up, I'm a big fan, I'm the new king of Macedon Macedonia, I would love to meet you, and, and Diogenes responds, please get out of my son. Because um, he's blocking the sunlight. Alexander should know about sunlight and, you know, shadows scaring people. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Um, then also Alexander says, quote, if I were not Alexander, I should have liked to be Diogenes. And Diogenes responds, if I were not Diogenes, I would also wish to be Diogenes. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's good. That's yeah. good. But if you met someone in real life doing that, you'd be like, I don't like this guy as yeah, a friend. Don't, but don't uh, like yeah. over there where he's doing over it, there, yeah. that's good. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but here's the thing, too. Diogenes could do the thing. He could masturbate in public in the street because this is a different time. We got responsibilities mm-hmm. here. We got 401ks, dog. What do we have to yeah. do Do you think here? I have what? 401ks in Athens? No way. <sighs> now it's just the other way around. The tables have turned. Bill Gates is just masturbating into our serums that we're shooting into our body. They're like, you're all going to have it. Yeah. Forget the microchip. It's just his cum. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, oh, it's villainous. I'm like, mm, it's more just, just the biggest jackass prank ever. Yeah, it's more just sexual. Yeah, they all say that those Teslas run off electricity. I think it runs off Elongisms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All those guys are just coming in our salads. Yeah. <laughs> so Alexander's pretty secure in his position now, uh, especially in Macedonia and in Greece, so to the south. But he's having trouble in the north. See, these tribesmen, they're, you know, they're the true barbarians. They're going wild. They're like, Philip's done. We're out of here. Fuck all this. So Alexander picks up his army and they move north. Um, so this isn't just about like securing his borders. It is a big part of it. It's also Alexander kind of taking out daddy's Corvette for a test drive. You know, like, hey, ooh, my dad, he had a sick Corvette and he just passed away. And now I have the keys and he's not going to be here to care about what I do with it. Oh, so I'm going to take the army north. It kind of it, it's his. It yeah. was, may not be in the will, but fuck, he's the government. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so it's a chance for him to kind of like try out his army, um, prove his own worth. And again, this is a guy who literally thinks he's the reincarnation of Achilles. He wants to fight. He wants to be at the front leading, leading for the charge. It's great. Um, his idea is not to like conquer them and take over everything. It's more just beat them in a few battles, a little shock and awe campaign that will have them be like, all right, fine. It's not worth fighting you. We'll just let you be. We won't raid into your lands anymore. Nice. Dude, they don't want to come down and steal all those, that uh, macadamia nuts. That's the wrong yeah. macadamia. Macadamians. So this is in like modern day Hungary, to give you a sense of like how far north he's moving. Oh, um, he's going into vampire this, territory? Dude, uh, that's yeah, scary, to, bro. Going to the vampires. Right. He fights a battle near the Shipka Pass, which is called the Battle of the Carts. This is his first real big battle that he is in overall command of. Like, he had won that first battle. Now, the Thracians that were there, they had planned this pretty cool maneuver, where they're at the top of a hill. The Macedonian army is better than them. Better armed, better equipped, better trained, better everything. And I think outnumbered them. So they're like, alright, the only way we can win is if we have a great gambit. So what did they do? They gathered all of the carts from all of the villages in these mountainous areas all into this one battle. And the Macedonians are at the bottom of a hill and they're at the top of the hill. And they load the carts up with a bunch of rocks and they just push them down the hill. (laughs) (laughs) And the idea is that this will like disorient the Macedonian army. It might kill a few of them. And then as after the carts where come charging in and slaughter the in their confused mess. Alexander. This is where his tactical genius really starts to shine through. He sees all the carts right at the beginning. And he tells all his men, he tells all his tr- commanders, here's the plan. If the cart's coming at you, um, we already are divided into like smaller blocks of men, so just like break apart to let them go through in between. Or, if you don't have time to do that, drop onto your stomach, throw your shield over you, and every man behind you will do the same, and the carts will just glide right over Oof. and then pop up to fight. Oh, I don't know about that. It works. Oh. What? Yeah. Be a human speed bump. Here's yeah. guys, I got a plan for you. If you see something coming your way that maybe we would call a car in the future, get out of the fucking way. 
<laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I use this tactic every time I go to the supermarket. I just load up a whole bunch of carts with with all my groceries and just throw them into the parking lot. And Yeah, and I lay oh, down. Yeah, and I lay down. And then I turn to Diogenes in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah well, you got a lot of people laying down in Portland that are like, I read a Diogenes tactics from Alex. Yeah. So he basically down. Mario carded them. He like he Mario carded. Or they them, he yeah. was they, he was they were trying to Mario kart him, and he's like, "No, nah, dude, I'm Toad. I'm the best character yeah. in Mario Kart." <laughs> yeah. So they win the battle because obviously they're superior to the troops. This gambit fails. Um, he fights another separate tribe in this nearby area. Thrace is secure. So now his northeastern border secure. All is peaceful. Nice. Uh, however, a day after he learns about this, or a day after his victory here, he learns from one of his messengers that the Illyrians on the other side of the northern borders are invading Macedonia itself. They are not just um, content with like throwing off the Macedonian yoke. They're conquering land, they're burning villages, causing some trouble. Mm. So he just marches west into the Illyrian territory. Um, he defeats a small force at this fort called Pelium, um, but he was kind of foolish because he just stormed right into this pass, um, where it's like surrounded by high walls and high mountains, and he's at the fort at the bottom of a hill next to a river. And so after taking the fort, he's immediately surrounded by way more tribesmen than he had initially defeated. So now he's kind of in a bit of a pickle. Mm. So what does he do to defeat them? Well, he kind of does something that I still don't really, still can't really fully wrap my head around. So as we were talking about in the Philip episode in the beginning, you know how he had trained his army year round? Like these weren't just peasant soldiers. These were guys that like pro- trained professionally. They yeah. did military drill and all that. Right. Absolutely. They were regular. Keep them sharp. Keep yeah, them so regular. The drill stuff is literally just like marching together, turning in unison. It's like military parade shit. It looks useless to our modern eyes because it's just like guys goose-stepping and then like walking in unison. Kind of weird, right? Right, playing trumpets and shit and fucking throwing their batons and swords up in the air. Hey, they're still doing it in North Korea and look where they are. Yeah. By themselves. Very lonely. (laughs) So what Alex does is he tells his men... We're going to do all of what I'm about to say in complete and utter silence in the middle of the day in full view of all of these tribesmen. We're going to walk out of the fort, line up in our military drill line, and just start doing drills in total silence, all with just like flag signals or hand signals. So he's just marching the army around in the valley. And then they're like turning in unison and then marching and then like raising their spears in unison and like doing marching songs. And the tribesmen have never seen anything remotely like this. And they're so stunned that they just kind of like are drawn to it. So they're just like getting closer, but not in any sort of like organized fighting capability. Oh, and again, they're doing this in silence. So it's like 30,000 guys marching around a valley silently. So there was some guy like in this tribe. Picking his nose and going like, <laughs> what the fuck are they doing down there? We got to get a closer look at these guys. Yeah. Is, that, is that dancing? <laughs> yeah, I, was, 
I was going to say, are they do, actually doing like military marching in columns or are they doing like a marching band set where they're like making forms and like things are fucking going back and forth? They're and, spelling out a yeah. script Ohio yeah. and then they're dotting the yeah. I. Yeah. Look, boss, they made the Mickey Mouse ease. What the fuck's going on down Look, there? It looks like a horse that's galloping. It's, see the legs? It's galloping. Whoa. horse. I don't even know how to steps like that, boss. Yeah. So the tribesmen are kind of... Like, they're doing this for, like, an hour or two, and the tribesmen are just getting closer and closer. Again, not really ready to fight, more just like, what the fuck is happening? And then Alexander gives the pre-planned signal to form up, face them, and charge out of nowhere. And scream the Macedonian battle cry, which is just... It's just, ah la 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 That's the battle cry. A-L-A-L-A-L-A-L-A. And then scream and charge the tribesmen. All right. It's been used familiar. for centuries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They so just keep using this, it. <laughs> yeah, but it's like a sing. It's like they sing it, kind of. It's yeah. Yeah, it's like the turkey people. People in. Yeah, it's the trilla little guy. Yeah. Oh no, boss! They're screaming turkeys at us. Yeah. So they going from like this peace, not peaceful, but just silent marching drill to all of a sudden piercing war cry. They rout all the tribesmen around them, sneak out the back mountain pass that they had come through. And they avoid being surrounded by all of these, like, warriors. Um, so that's, like, a good, you know, he's out of, the, out of the sticky situation. But he doesn't leave the whole area. He stays there, watches the tribesmen who, that he didn't kill. Because they only, like, defeated a small force. They kind of just get drunk and hang out at the fort and aren't preparing defenses. So Alexander just turns around, like, the day later and just slaughters them all. Because they're not ready for fighting again. <laughs> Nice. And now he's at the high ground, and he doesn't need to do any tricks. He can just beat him in a fair fight. Or an unfair fight, I guess. Yeah, it's like, I don't really see them no more. Like, I think we can get drunk now. I think we're good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, you, you also think, like, they're, they're just getting drunk, and they, have the, they don't have that advantage point anymore. Do you think that maybe they were trying to do that dancing? <laughs> they just weren't that good at it? Yeah, they're just, like, walking I around. I think we should, do, we should try that thing. We should try and do that marching thing. <laughs> Maybe we should, like, close our eyes and feel. <laughs> um, so now his northern border is completely secure. He can focus on his uh, dad's dream of invading Persia. Of course, Alexander, at this point, is probably already considering doing much, much more than that, but no one else thinks he will. Um, in this campaign, um, it's called his Balkan campaign. Um, it's very brilliant. Like, you know, these are really cool tactics, but it also displays that he's... You know, like his parents said, he's very impetuous and just, like, rushes into things. Like, he wouldn't have been surrounded at that fort if he just, you know, looked around a little bit more. Yeah, but we've um, all been in relationships like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm also thinking, you know, I'm not to enter Tom Tom's territory here, but uh, do you think that he had a wider range? He wanted to conquer more, like, say, America? Like, say, America <laughs> was founded by the Atlanteans and Alexander the Great? That'll be part eight when I talk about what happened to him. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. After, Definitely when my he was reincarnated in yeah. 1412. He had secured his northern border. Um, he'd shown off some of his brilliance, but also showed off his youthful, uh, let's call it foolishness, I guess. Blessed. <laughs> Excuse me. Blessed. But um, his dad had built a formidable army because during all of this fighting, they kill probably around 5,000 tribesmen, and they lose maybe... A, Tops 200 Macedonians. Whoa, this whole thing. whoa. Yeah, that's the uh, difference that training and having 18-foot-long spears will give you. 
And having that flair, being able to pull off those marching band maneuvers. Yeah, some little marching band yeah. flair. I want to mm. see Alexander's color guard. Yeah. Just saying. Probably sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, while this campaign is going on, remember, Alexander's, like, as far north as Hungary. He's probably moving as far west as, like, Croatia and Serbia. So he's pretty far away in the ancient world. Um, so word reach word gets to Athens and Thebes that Alexander is dead. His army has been routed in the mountains of Thrace, and the Macedonian threat is over. How do they respond to this news? They start killing their Macedonian overlords. So there are like uh, officers and like civic administrators in these cities. They just start either exiling them or just outright killing all of them. Um, there are some Macedonian soldiers that are garrisoned in these cities. They're also either just being told to leave or being killed in the night. I'm just going to say that he's probably not going to be too happy when he comes back. I don't think so. No, because no, then uh, the word that Alexander and his army are all dead and buried in the grounds of Thessaly reaches Alexander and his army. And they're like, well, we're very much alive. So <laughs> time to set the record straight. Oof. Yeah. So. He wastes no time, turns the men south. He's like, all right, northern borders are done. Now we got to go teach the Hellenes who's boss again. I thought I just hung out with them in Diogenes, and they kind of accepted me, but I guess I got to show them what's what. Yeah, these brainy boys, they're thinking too much. They're thinking the wrong yeah. things. Thinking far too much. And also, again, I want to stress, it's been less than a year since Philip died, and Alex is already doing all this. Wow, damn. So he marches them south, and it takes them 13 days to reach the outskirts of Thebes, which is roughly 240 miles away. Damn. In ancient words, that's insane, because that's this isn't just like a single horseman going 240 miles in 13 days. It's like 30,000 men and the supplies to feed them marched 240 miles in 13 days. So what's the math on that? That's like 18 miles a day or something? Yeah, and Whoa. usually, do and like through some enemy territory, and usually like... 10 to 15 miles a day is like good pace for an ancient army and they're going like 18 miles a day um he does this so quickly that by the time the army is camped outside thebes that's when thebes learns that alexander and his army are actually alive <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> oh man yeah, i'm so goes, glad that that jackass is dead oh whoa wait a minute, wait a minute. who's that over there <laughs> what's that marching band music i hear yeah. <laughs> They're doing yeah, like a Michael it. Jackson. It was just a guy. They're doing like a yeah. Michael Jackson <laughs> rendition. one dude. Yeah. So that's how long it takes them. Uh, very fast. So it's stunning. Most of the Hellenes, Athens, um, Corinth, and a few other cities, just once he gets back, they're like, oh, never mind. We won't do, we won't rebel. Like, we'll be, we'll be nice again. Like, we thought you were dead. Now that you're alive, we're going to be fine. Thebes would not. They've never forgotten the fact that Alexander and his father destroyed their army, uh -huh. killed their, three, their sacred band. Um, they don't like the other Hellenic cities very much. They hated Athens, so they kinda, it was always just like an alliance of convenience. And Thebes, like Sparta, had always kind of been friendly buddy-buddy with the Persians, so they're not really thrilled about this idea of going to fight the Persians. Hmm. So now Alexander's got a problem in his hands. He's like, I gotta, I gotta fight the Thebans. All right, here we go. Once again, the Macedonian army is so, so much better. So they destroy the Theban army outside the gates. Um, there's a near run thing because Alex is kind of getting too close to the front lines in this when he doesn't really need to. Um, but he gets, he escapes. Um, and then Alex gives the orders that the other Greek cities 
but not his own soldiers, can sack the city and destroy Thebes. Ooh. But, but, yeah, but, so, like, so he, take out your frustrations. He's probably, I mean, he's going up against, I mean, it seems like he steamrolled them, but at the same time, it's still probably more of an organized army than these, like, tribesmen up that he oh, was just well, yeah, much, fighting. Oh, yeah, much right? more organized. Like, yeah. they're, they're not, you know, walking over these guys. It's a, it's a fair fight. Well, we covered it the last two episodes. These guys were friends with each other, perhaps with, with kissing. So they yeah. will get together and they'll talk about it. They yeah. organize cookie sales and things of that nature. <laughs> On top of fighting viciously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Caddy. So the city <laughs> the city is sacked, and then it's kind of like, all right, what do we do with the city now? So Alexander uh, assembles the League of Corinth, so this alliance of city-states, and it's like, what do you guys want to do? I'll, I'll do whatever you say. You know, this is more your fight than my fight, because you always hated Thebes, Thebes always hated you. What do you guys want to do? And what happens after they decide is every single inhabitant of Thebes is sold into slavery, and every single building within the city is to be torn down. Damn. Wow. Yeah. Harsh. Yeah. Ancient history. It's like the few times you can actually say, like, no, we're going to unbuild the city, and it will be like it never existed. So what's at Thebes now? No, it, they don't go all the way, because Alexander, like, halfway through is kind of like, all right, maybe we shouldn't destroy the whole thing but I, they tear down like the walls and all the sacred symbols and all like the government buildings right basically. but they left like the walgreens and the avalons and stuff <laughs> yeah like yeah. all the 7-elevens are allowed to stay the yeah. apartment buildings they're fine um yeah. they need you know they need the rent right just so. no churches yeah. no churches yeah right. this isn't like uh with the romans you know centuries later where you know what we still don't know where carthage is or whatever salting the earth like you know wiping yeah. it off the map type of thing yeah romans would actually destroy the whole city and alex will do that we'll get he'll do that eventually okay he's just kind of thebes he doesn't go all the way right so now is 334 um alexander's been king for about a year and Everything is now finally, finally in place. His northern borders with the tribesmen are secure. The Hellenes are fully subjugated to his rule. The only exception is Sparta, but they're so weak at this point that it doesn't matter. It's just like, whatever, you stay neutral, I guess. Yeah, they're like, this, this is Sparta, I guess. This is, this is yeah. This is, this, this is Sparta. Sparta. Uh -huh. And they, like, kick a puddle on the Persian gave us Persians gave yeah. us a lot of gold. We, we don't have wells anymore. Um, this is yeah. yeah. This is when uh, Robert Pattinson took over for uh, Gerard Butler. <laughs> exactly. So now he's finally ready to take embark on this mission. He meets up with the army that has been building in the Bosphorus. It's being reinforced now. Everything is all set to go. He sends the army off on a land route while he and his companions, the companion cavalry, uh, they're going to take a boat trip. They're gonna they're gonna sail, and what's their first stop? But the ruins of the city of Troy, where Alexander can go to the temple of Achilles and see his hero. Dude, get get those get weak in the ankles. Oh my God, I'm yeah. so excited! I'm weak in the ankles. Woo, getting those shakes. Yeah, just Woo. do a little bit of like leg lifts. That's all it is, yeah, man. Dude. Just get a standing desk. Why don't you just put like, like a little tiny piece of brass right on your ankles? Done. Yeah, easy. Like, it's like, what, they with the Yeezys, they added extra heel, right? Yeah. <laughs> Make that go up. Come on, Achilles, just wear a little bit extra armor. So, as Alexander gets onto these ships, 
It is the last time in his entire life that he would ever set foot in Europe. He is, he is gone on this adventure, and this will be the rest of his life. So, as we said, first stop is Troy. Um, as the boats, you know, because they used to just beach these boats, that's how you, you didn't even need a port or a harbor, is just like row them on up, put them on the beach, and then pull them. Right, they had row power. Yeah, so you were able power. to like bounce off a bit. I mean, you get when you don't when you have endless manpower, you could just do shit like that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the key to like whenever someone's like, I can't believe the ancient peoples were able to build all this without computers. It's like, well, slaves. Yes, that's, yeah, it's slaves. <laughs> yeah, you Cheap can do labor. a lot of things with free labor. <laughs> I mean, my dad was a big fan of ancient aliens, right? And you see these things, and they're like, how is it? How is the precision of this one stone this precise? It's like, dude. Like, if this guy didn't make it that precise, he would have been dead because he was a slave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they had all the time in the world. Yeah. D- d- you know, you look at these giant artifacts. It's like, yeah. If you think that took forever, it's because it did. Yeah. yeah. Look, at, look at kids nowadays that have all the time in the world and build literally like the life-size replica of the Enterprise in Minecraft. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> True, yeah. Yeah, Egyptian pharaohs would become pharaoh at 13 and be like, all right, time to get started building my tomb. Uh, that's going to take about 70 years, and I hope I'm all dead by the time it's done. Yeah, you know? in Minecraft. Yeah, <laughs> in Minecraft. Um, so he sails up to Troy, and very much like uh, Brad Pitt Achilles does in the movie, he jumps off the boat, throws a spear onto the beach, and said... Um, from the gods, I accept Asia, won by the spear. So he is claiming to have conquered all of Asia right at the beginning by just jumping onto this beach that's, undef- again, friendly to him. <laughs> like, these people are like, hey, Alex, come pray to Achilles' temple. And he's like, I've won Asia by the strength of my spear. All right. Well, uh, yeah. apparently this is his house now. Uh, should we take off her shoes, Alex? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seems a he's bit doing extra. doing a little cosplay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he does all of this alongside his longtime companion, Hephaestion. Um, they go pray at the Temple of Achilles, which has like a statue of Achilles and Patroclus next to it. So very clearly like showing that they are the reincarnation of these two. Now, you know, I mean, you said he's not very sexually aroused, but you know they boned next to that. Oh, these, I think he's only sexually aroused by Hephaestion. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. So they're in I the- think he was monogamous, whereas everyone else was like polyamorous. Okay, all right. OG trad boy taking over the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what he does apparently when he goes there is he takes um, a relic that's reputed to be Achilles's, I think it's his, either his breastplate or his shield. So it's like this is the shield of Achilles or this is the armor of Achilles and now Alexander is wearing it. I would say that Achilles' armor is not very good. Well, it's very good everywhere except for the ankles. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, that's not very good, dude. You should you Maybe, should have known. I think that, Alexander threw the ankle plates on. Yeah, you should have known when your mom dipped you in the sticks or whatever that your your heel was or your ankle was the only part exposed. You dumb idiot. Yeah, that's armor. the only place you need armor. Yeah. Fight naked, Achilles. Yeah. <laughs> so the army he's going to war with, um, it's about fifty thousand men. Mostly uh, Macedonian hoplites, that's the heavy infantry with the big long spears and their cavalry. Um, hoplites from all across the Greek world. There are also these guys known as the Agrianeans. They're the javelin throwers. Um, and they become like Alexander's most trusted um, group outside of his cavalry. I think you mentioned then, them in episode 
one of the one, series. Yeah. yeah, they're awesome. They, they did slings and spears, right? Sling slings and spears. Yeah, nice. and cool guys. javelin spears though. Nice. Yeah, and they would like go. They were they didn't wear armor, so they would just like be running around in like sandals and a skirt with nice. a javelin and a, and just like killing people like that. Yeah, you get people's attention. Check out my fruit salad. Gosh, yeah. Look over here. Look over here. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> yeah. Um, they also have a naval force that's kind of shadowing them. That's over 180 ships. Um, and these each take like 300 men to row them. So this is like another 36,000 people on these boats. So, so um, those boats are probably rowed by the Thebians, right? Cause the slaves are probably <laughs> all those rowing. people yeah. that just became slaves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're now tied to the oar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, all of this does not include the support staff that Alexander is bringing. His scouts, his engineers, land surveyors, surgeons, priests, secretaries, um, grooms for the horses, merchants that are just hanging around, cooks, uh, a bajillion slaves, a probably equal number of prostitutes. And for the first time in recorded history, Alexander has a PR staff. Good. He literally has like a PR spin room wing of his army. <laughs> nice. Oh, damn. Solid. Yeah. He, he brought in all the historians, like famous historians of the day, and was like, you're going to write history the way I tell it as we fight this campaign. Uh, I would love to be a surgeon in his army because you just walk in the room and go, looks like that guy got pelted at. Yeah. Uh, he's gonna die. Uh, um, he, that guy was sliced pretty bad. And if I'm gonna do anything here, it's just gonna be more slicing. So let's just see, see yeah. what happens. We could ampu- we could try amputating the head. I I mean, <laughs> that seriously, no one's tried that before. If you have the stomach for it, being a surgeon at this time is the easiest job in the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're just yeah. there, just like, can you do something? I don't know. No, most of the time, they're like, can you do something? It's like, yeah. Uh, Drink this concoction of these leaves I found. That'll <laughs> yeah. cure the wound that you have where your leg used to yeah, be. Yeah, my neighbor. Go my, neighbor my neighbor was raking his lawn, and I picked up all this shit. Drink, go ahead, eat that. Drink it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna go outside. I'm gonna find a uh, a cactus, and I'm gonna put it on your forehead. And you think about Jupiter a lot, all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so he. Uh, so I feel like Alexander is kind of like. I mean, he's young. He's got a lot of power. He's sort of like an influencer, right? Like if he's got this PR oh, yeah. team, right? If he had, if he had the power, the um, amazing, awesome, in the true sense of the word, power of social media, like TikTok. Yeah. If he would be yeah. a TikToker, be like, lol, oh, he'd be a wonderful. He, you know, he'd be like, lol, and like stabbing some dude in like the neck. You know, oh, <laughs> war is fun. <laughs> it's just you know different greats for different generations. Yeah. That's a classic. Yeah. yeah. Everyone says that. Logan Paul is the next Alexander the Great. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he also is bringing a bunch of experts from like architecture, geography, botany, linguists, and biologists, and is just kind of like sending all this learning that he's like back to Greece. So they learn, they find all these like animals that never knew existed. Um, so he's not just going to take like take over and kill people. He also is like, let's let's learn something about these people, guys, and then let's kill them. All right? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Also, being a botanist, I feel like would be a great. Job. That existed for a long time too. It's like, oh, look at this yeah. plant. This is I'm getting paid to pick up this plant. We have mm-hmm. loads of those. Well, not this one. Yeah. Never <laughs> seen this one before. My, with my eyes. This one. This this one is growing north. <laughs> Um, yeah, so 
all this stuff, obviously, this can't be hidden. This is like 200,000 people on the move. Not 200. It's probably like 100 and something thousand people on the move con entering Persia. This is Persian territory. This is no longer like, oh, they're in Macedonia. No, they're in Persia proper. So the great king at this time, and he is going to become a major player in our story, is Darius III. So we had Darius I back in episode one. Now we've got Darius III. He's not the grandson. He's like the great-great-great-grandson because a lot of time has passed. Um, he only came to power like a few years before this period. He wasn't ever supposed to become the king of kings. He kind of just like falls into it after a bunch of assassinations happen. So a lot of people have said he might not have been prepared for this and wasn't ready for the true threat that was Alexander. What's the age See. difference between Alexander and uh, Darius III? Um, like 25 years. So Darius is probably like 40. Okay. And Alexander is like 21. I okay. Yes, yeah, like 20 years maybe. I wasn't sure it was like two influencers going at it. No, no, no. Darius is much more of like Philip's generation. Okay. So yeah, it's like Logan Paul talking shit about like Ben Stein. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now remember, Alexander, he hadn't really verbalized this, and we don't even know if he was possibly thinking it. But I think based off his later moves, he was. Is that he re recognized? I don't have to just content myself by like freeing the Ionic cities on the coast. I can conquer all of this empire because all it's going to take is a big battle. One big battle will smash their army, and then I can enter the capital and just take over the administration, and everyone will be fine with that. And he's got a good, you know, he's not wrong, as we'll see. <laughs> but it's just so audacious that no one would even think it possible at the time. Hmm. Um, so what he needs, really, is to have the Persians drawn into this great battle. Otherwise, he won't have the chance, and his army will kind of melt away just from attrition. So he needs this big battle, and he needs it fast. So the great king gathers his people. He's like, what are we going to do about this threat coming over from Greece? Um, he basically delegates it. He's like, they're not that much of a threat. I'll let the satraps, which is like the, word, the Persian word for governors, the satraps, I'll let them deal with it. So like the satrap of Asia Minor, which is in this area. You gather the army. And let me know if you need any help, I guess. We'll start calling people satraps. Yeah. yeah. It's a good word. It's like smooth-ass satrap. Yeah, it's like governor. Like, governor! Yeah. <laughs> satrap! <laughs> uh, but now, someone, plan... I feel like this like oh, Persian okay. hubris is just a constant thing, right? Because they're always like, I don't even know who those guys are. Whatever. I'm here smoking a yeah. hookah. <laughs> that could also be an effect of the fact that all the sources we have, for the most part, are the Greek sources. Gotcha. So they will, they're going to paint their enemy to, be, to appear like that. Um, they also make Darius seem like a coward, but I don't think he was a coward. So, well, you'll see. I, I got a question. Uh, maybe you know the answer. Uh, wouldn't there also be like Persian sources or were those destroyed when these armies came through? And There definitely were, but they, they lost. Right. So it wasn't like there was, and Alexander takes over. So it's not like he's going to say, mm -hmm. he, he told them to write this history this way. Right, right, basically. right, right. Yeah. Um, and like those, the sources that we use are all written in the Roman period. So they all have this like tinge of like, what did the Romans want to tell people right. I got about you. Alexander? Yeah. I got right. You. They loved those Greeks. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So maybe they didn't know this even happened. Yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> and also like part of it, um, it's not just the Roman period, but it's Augustus who's like the first emperor of Rome. And he's the first one in Rome who's basically like, stop trying to push the borders further, just stay where we are. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the story of Alexander is like, look, you, you can't be constantly conquering. You have to eventually stop and consolidate. Right. So that's why a big part of the story of Alexander is like, he's always wants to go further and further. All right. So he, uh, Darius, Darius, he says, you know, you guys deal with it. But what I think you should do is just do a scorch earth tactic, burn all the farms because Alexander can't afford to supply this army. He's going to have to forage for it. So just cut off his food supply. Obviously, when you're the governor of an area, hearing that you should just burn down all the wealth that you use isn't going to be very appealing. So they don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, so instead they gather an army. Now, this is not going to be a army drawn from all the parts of Persia. Um, it's mostly just going to be the area of Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey, with some Greek mercenaries. And they are heavily favored. You know, obviously Alexander has this great fighting force, but it's more like, oh, you've been fighting the other Greeks. Who knows how powerful you actually are? Look at how big our army is. They're not guaranteed success. They're now the foreign invaders, so they're you know not used to this land. As I said, they had to forge for all their supplies, um, and it's it's kind of a toss. Yeah, I mean, what's going? You happen? always have a big advantage when you're fighting relatively on turf that you know. I know he was yeah. expanding out north, but this is like entering another planet for him. Yeah, you know, oh, you very, know. that's a yeah. yeah. And historians have said that this is very much like a sci-fi where it's like you're aliens invading a foreign right. land because like they've been fighting in Thrace for hundreds of years. So even though it's not their lands, they know those lands. Right? They'll be like, "What is this? This is a fucking camel? What is a horse with giant humps on it and shit? What the fuck is this garbage?" So the showdown is coming. It's coming. But this is not, Alexander knows already, this is not going to be the big battle that he wants, but it will be the first major test. If this doesn't go well, the whole expedition is going to be off. Even though Darius isn't leading it, so it's not going to decide the whole war. If the Macedonians lose, though, the war is over. They have to go yeah. home. So they spot each other at the River Granicus, which is a very small river in southwestern Turkey. Um... Alexander begins deploying his troops in a line. It's late in the afternoon when the two armies finally met. So normally in ancient warfare, the biggest part was trying to find the other army. And then once you find each other, it's like, well, all right, where do we want to fight? You know, like maneuvering to try and find good battlegrounds. And then maybe a week later, you've kind of both settled into your camps and then you have your clash and then whoever loses goes home. That's once, usually how it goes. Once again, we are really picking apart the nitty grit of history and finding out how stupid it is. <laughs> um, like the amount of time that armies would just spend walking around each other, pacing up and down, eyeing yeah. each other down, what could have been accomplished? We could have made more pyramids, damn it. Yeah. But no, I, we had to just pace it out. I don't know. I feel like this is an important part of human history where we just chest bump a lot. You know, this is Amazon. Oh, oh. Whoa, bro, bro, bro. That's sick. Bro, hold Come me back. back, hold me back. Hold, hold me back, hold me back. Do you think <laughs> Alex had his men bench? Oh, yes. yeah, they definitely were benching. Nice. That's sick. He would always make sure leg day was like a week out from the battle. That way you recovered by the time the battle began. Fair enough. That's a good idea. <laughs> Maybe his psych move was doing leg day the day of. They're like, holy fuck, he's doing leg day. 
Do you think? <laughs> do you think they knew anything about semen retention? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, they were just boning too often to probably worry about it. Yeah, there was no retention there, Tom. All right, well, yeah. just asking. Maybe it was just like two hours before the fight. <laughs> just like, hey, hold all your right. cums in, everyone. <laughs> just keep those boners, all right? <gasps> we are edging. Think about your mother, and not in a pornographic sense. Just don't get horny. <laughs> think about your aunt. So don't think about your to. aunts or your <laughs> nieces. Yeah. That's it. So this is um this is gonna be the first big showdown between the Achaemenid Persian Empire and Alexander the Great and the Macedonian army. Alexander is on one side of the river, the Persians are on the other side. It's a very shallow river, like you can easily just like stroll right across it. It's more of a creek at this point. Pray for clamming. Pray for clamming, but a little muddy. And again, you know, it's not easy to wade through like knee deep water, especially if it's got a current to it, but it's still, you know, it's a horse can ride through it pretty much no problem. Persians on the opposite side of Alexander are about 40,000 strong. Alexander's force at the battle is probably about 30,000 in this one. Um, and the Persians are mostly cavalry and Greek mercenaries. But they didn't think they were going to fight. Because again, this is day one of the armies finding each other. Like, oh yeah, yeah, alright, so we see each other, we're going to wave. Um, we're going to set up campfires, we're going to yell at each other from across the river, and then we'll wake up tomorrow morning and maybe we'll fight tomorrow. No. I love that. Alexander wants to fight today. Yeah. He's been waiting for this moment his whole life. Why am I going to wait another night? Time to fight. I don't want them to say any mean words to me and discourage me. <laughs> I don't want them to hurt my men's morale by calling them mean words. Yeah, imagine, yeah. like, what would happen. You know, just guys standing on the other side of the creek like, Hey! Fuck you! <laughs> Did no, you hear, fuck you! Did you hear what he said to us? <laughs> I think he said fuck at us. <laughs> How oh. dare he? He's rustled my jimmies for the last time, that little you know guy what? over there who I can't see because they all look the same. <laughs> you know what? I I'm going to go sling a rock at him, okay? Yeah. <laughs> go find a rock and pelt it at his penis. Yeah. So this is Alexander's first test, you know, big, big army against him. Um, the Battle of Thebes, he had the numbers, he had the advantages here. It's not clear what's going to happen. He sends a feint with his cavalry forces on the right flank, drawing the Persian forces into a thin line. So, like, he's attacking, trying to get around them. So they're spreading, spreading further and further. Um, and their Macedonians are losing a lot of men relative to what they usually lose. Again, they subdued the Balkans with about 150 deaths. They probably suffered 100 deaths in this initial charge. So it's, it's hairy. Mm. But, like he will, for a... This time, like he did um, back at Caronea, he's leading his companion cavalry. He sees a gap open in the line across the river. The horns sound, and Alexander leads all the companions straight across the river into the, right into the heart of the Persian line. All right, so this would be like in The Mummy if, like, when uh, they're like, hey, Benny, you're on the wrong side of the river. Benny was like, fuck you, bitch, and just, like, ran across the river and fucking punched Brendan Fraser in the face, dick. Oh, yeah. damn. <laughs> That was an outtake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just had the cameras rolling. They didn't expect them to get that yeah. moment. No, this no. is acting, yeah, guys. Turns out the, yeah. Turns out the actor who played Benny, real jerk. Yeah. Real jerk. <laughs> so Alexander is at the head of this column. He is in the danger zone. He's the first one across the river. He's the first one stabbing at Persians. 
Now, obviously, all of this depends on him. If he dies, the whole war is over, even if they win the battle. So probably don't want to be at the front. Not only is he at the front of the formation, he's wearing the most brilliantly shining armor of all of them, because obviously he's the king, so he's really wealthy. So he's got like a perfectly sheened silver helmet. He's wearing Achilles's armor and Achilles's shield that's like polished to gold. And he has two gigantic eagle feathers coming out of his helmet, um, like white eagle feathers. And so everyone can see that, oh, that's the king. Like, hey, we're Persian. We have no idea what Alexander looks like, but I think it's that guy. It's probably that weenie <laughs> over there. But Alexander, you got to remember, hey, I was made from sperm that came from lightning from my god dead penis. Yeah. <laughs> I can't be killed. Was this the first instance of a furry? Was he trying to role play as a rabbit with these two feathers coming out of his head? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's a little Maybe. bit. Of yeah. And so I got one question. Cal- so this was also, yeah. was this a time where they would take, because I know in warfare, a big thing is taking ransom, right? You'd capture something. They'd wear shiny oh, yeah. armor. That's a huge part They'd wear it. shiny army like these knights and stuff later on. So people would know that, like, we don't kill this guy. We just take him. And then he is held ransom. Would they yeah. kill? There's like a bunch of would reasons. Would they kill Alexander or would they just take him? It's either okay. way. It's like kill him or take okay. him because either way you'll achieve your objective. Right. You're not going to ransom him back though if you capture him. It'd be more like now the war's over and you're going to live as a prisoner in Babylon for the rest right. of your life. Hmm. Um, and so it's like, it's like that, Travis, like where it's like the enemy can tell and can ransom you, but it's also so that your own soldiers in the heat of battle when you know dust and blood is flying everywhere you can look and be like oh that's the right. king that's the order follow that and, guy and they fight. Hey. yeah follow that guy yeah um so again this is alexander and all his best buds from high school basically charging into the heat of battle across the river granicus um and the persian plan quickly turns from like an organized battle to kill that dude there he is he's right there <laughs> kill that guy so they all just kind of push into this one big thing and it becomes just like a huge chaotic melee where everyone's just like swinging with from down from horses and people are trying to stab up to the horses and all this. And Alexander takes a couple of blows. Um, part of his helmet is shorn off by an axe before he can stab the guy. Damn. Um, another, he blocks apparently a shield, a spear throw. Again, none of the, we have no idea if this happened, but who gives right. a shit? Yeah, they may have a lot of people on staff, but they didn't have any yeah. scribes that were quick enough for that. Look, you, you know, no, they can't be. You can't be carving into clay this. Look, fast. you know yeah. what's really important is knowing the entire history of Bilbo Baggins. That actually happened. Um, so yeah. you know what? <laughs> <laughs> um, so he like deflects a spear blow with his um, shield. So and then one of his companions cuts that dude um, apart. He's about to apparently be decapitated from behind by a scimitar when the commander of his royal squadron, a guy named Cletus the Black, cuts the guy's arm off mid-stroke. Hi, I got you, Sam. Cletus. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we we think that's true because we're going to talk about Cletus in a later part, and that's why we think you'll you'll hear about it then. You know what's fun about that name? It turns out that Cletus, he's white. Yeah. (laughs) He was. <laughs> yeah. Where'd you get that name from? I don't know. Just one of my favorite colors. <laughs> <laughs> so now normally ancient warfare, it's kind of a lot of like push, pull, push, pull, and then one side will retreat and it all collapses. This is much more just like two hours of intense brawling 
before finally the Persian line collapses. They retreat panicked across back to their camp. Um, the Greek mercenaries that were on the Persian side were kind of watching this going, you know, do we join? Do we not join? Should we see if we can like just go to Alexander and be like, hey, we're, we're Hellenic. We'll join you. Like, you don't need to fight us anymore. We were being paid by them, but now we'll be paid by you. Before they can decide, though, Alexander, in a rage, orders a charge of the Greek mercenary line and just starts slaughtering them. Why not? They were fighting you. Yeah. Yeah, they, they were, and he basically is like, you're traitors for even considering being on the Persian side to begin with. Mm -hmm. So um, I almost got my arm chopped off. They cut off one of my feathers, so I'm in no mood to be merciful. My fucking feather, goddammit. You know yeah. how long it took me to find that thing? I had to track down a white eagle. Yeah. Uh, well, by that, I mean, uh, I had to find a hippie chick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Persian line collapses. The, the Greek mercenaries are slaughtered before they can finally surrender. The whole League of Corinth probably loses about, like, 500 to 800 men. The Persians lost about 20,000. Woo! Again, <laughs> no, but shit. Yeah, but woo! <laughs> yeah. Alex is very gracious in his victory. He spends the whole rest of the day and the next two days visiting each and every one of the wounded men under his service, um, cheering them up. He wants to hear about how they got wounded and wants them to brag about how brave they were in the fighting. And this is what he loves. He loves this shit. This is going to be his lifelong passion is fighting battles and hanging out with his bros afterwards. It's like a real John Cena in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Except replace warriors with cancer kids. Yeah, exactly. How, uh, how'd you almost die and are probably going to die? <laughs> well, I can't see you, so you're talking to no Well, I know you're... Do they actually, do they actually say they're sending John Cena and then like somebody, like they send a representative and like, here's John Cena, kid. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's weird. It's one of those things that's happening today and over the last few years where you know it's good for the kids. Yeah. You remember when it's like to, to be for the kids. But also, it's just like, you know, WWE is just loving that. They're just like, oh, we love this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, and it's like, it's weird that they're getting their rocks off, but like, I'm all about it. Yeah, but as I hate that. Company. As you said, um, you know, uh, Alexander has a PR team, so they might have been yeah, like, yeah. yo, go see your troops. Get those bonus. Also, points. hold on a second. Just thought of something. You got a PR team. You got a lot of people who've never seen you up close. You probably a bunch of pretty boys just step in for him. Oh yeah. Go, hey, uh, I'm him. They had. I am they Alexander. Had, yeah, and Alexander's in the back, just fucking counting sand because he doesn't want to talk to. Yeah, anyone. he just had like three sets of armor made. You know, like a body double. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that's the one. He's got two feathers on his head. It's got to be him. <laughs> mm -hmm. So this is the moment that Alexander had been dreaming of all his life. He was victorious on a field of battle over the ancient enemy, the Persian Empire. He had fought heroically like Achilles had before him. He had finally killed enemy soldiers in battle and tasted the blood of victory. And also, it, the ar army is truly his now. It's no longer just the thing he inherited from Philip. It's Alex this is Alexander's army. They, are, they watch their king just charge across a river like a suicidal maniac and come out the other side. And now they're like, this is fucking awesome. We're rich beyond our belief. He is ascendant. And now comes the easy parts. He beats this army that was kind of controlling all of Asia Minor, the all of modern day Turkey. Yeah. So now all the cities that are there just start throwing open their gates to Alexander and the Macedonians. 
He's going up and down the coast, receiving surrenders, being gracious in victory, taking on new titles, giving out money to everyone. Um, everyone loves it. There's a couple of notable cities that resist. The first is Milet Miletus. Miletus. Um, they try and like, hold out and wait for the Persian army that's being built now to come and rescue them. Alexander brings in a bunch of experts in siege warfare, knocks down their walls, enters the city, conquering a hero. Then he's on to the port city of Helicarnassus. Uh, once again, Civ Six players, my favorite wonder in the game, Mausoleum of Helicarnassus. That's where Alexander is headed. Mm, shout out. Um, this city is at the end of a narrow peninsula, um, so it's really easily defended because armies can only approach from one way. Um, it's being reinforced by the Persian navy because Alexander, after the victory at Granicus, basically is like, oh, the navy, that's just a waste of money. Disband the navy. Get rid of all the ships. Ah, well. Well, he's going in. Not a smart move in the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah, but he's planning on going inland, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the navy thing is going to be a bit of a problem, though, because now this city of Halicarnassus is getting reinforced and supplied like crazy. Um, so it's kind of a, this is going to be a thing. A little pre, premature, how, how premature war ejaculation. He's like, oh, we got rid of the Navy yeah. now, but we could, we got one. We got to get it. Yeah. It's not going to rain no more. Everyone leave your umbrellas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Haile Karnassus is holding out. They also have some brilliant, uh, tactical minds of their own. They do some clever, like distractions where, they make it like seem like they've abandoned the city, so then the Macedonians kind of let down their guard as they're walking up, and then from out of the side comes the Halicarnassian army that just starts routing some of the Macedonian soldiers. This is the first time they're actually just straight up losing a battle. Um, and it's not until they reach like the hardcore Macedonian veterans, that like true Philip's generation guys, that they hold the line and push back this um you know counter siege basically yeah this elite troop probably um, had you know what was it say let's say 100 people there they probably had about i'd say about 20 eyes between them yeah. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a few blind guys like they just they locked their shields together so they fought as a Where am yeah, I? the guy in the middle's got he's got one eye so he can see yeah. everything <laughs> um yeah, so the Phillips veterans are able to hold the line, so that's like a little bit of embarrassment for Alexander. Um, but it doesn't matter, because the next morning, they seize the city after knocking down a bunch of the walls. Uh, however, the Persians and most of the army in the city escapes, because again, there is no navy to stop them from escaping. The bigger problem is that they took all the money that was in the city, so Alex Alexander was short of cash for a little bit. Mm. However, Asia Minor at this point is now fully under Alexander's control. No other Greek before him had ever achieved something like this. Uh, a lot of historians think that right here, right now, is where Philip would have said, all right, we're done. We did our goals. I'll talk to Darius. We'll work out a peace treaty. I've just quadrupled the size of the Macedonian kingdom, uh, and I've been come more wealthy than any Hellenic person has ever been before. So I'm going to call it here, so right? You know, it was a good spot for the Empire. Do you to think stop. that at this point, the like, um, the uh, the regular Greeks, like the Athenians and all the, I think at this point are they like, okay, these Macedonians, they're Greeks. 
Yeah, kinda. Um, they're also just waiting for one slip up where they can go back. Right, right, right. <laughs> and they kind of, they kind of do that in up until the moment he dies. Oh, okay. <laughs> they're just like waiting for the moment that they can get out from under right. him. Right. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. For that whole. I told you the whole time he wasn't no Greek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. They can't get to India. Yeah. yeah no he only Greek. smoked. <laughs> he never really was. He was okay. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I liked him. Yeah. But he ain't no Greek. He only smoked two packs a day, not three packs. Yeah. But... Yeah. And he smoked camel crushes, <laughs> not camels. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, it tastes good in my mouth right now. Yeah. Nice. Now, after um, Alexander's big victory at Granicus, um, Darius over in Babylon, which is modern day Baghdad, now he's like, okay, this is a problem. Let's gather a mega army. Not just a little local police force to deal with the Macedonians, but the whole Persian Empire, troops from all across it. Time for the big showdown, you know? Let's fucking go. Mm -hmm. okay. But that's still down the road, because it's going to take a long time, relative to the, how short the story time-wise is, to gather that big of a troops. So while Alexander's kind of getting ready for this fight, um, he goes to the city of Gordium. Now, have you guys heard of the Gordian Knot? It's basically no. what happens when you pile all your cables for all your video game systems together and just shuffle them all up. <laughs> And then, like, put them in a bag, and then you can't untie it. Yeah. That's pretty close to accurate. Mm. So the Gordian knot was in the city of Gordium. Um, it's a very complicated knot that connected a cart to something. I'm not really sure. But the idea was whoever could untie this really complicated knot was destined to rule over all of Asia. So Alexander's uh. like, I gotta go check that out. <laughs> uh, this is gonna be awesome. I could totally eat that burger. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's basically man versus food, but not, but, but like, not person, a bondage man. <laughs> yeah, rope time. <laughs> that's, the, that's the new show coming out on True TV. Yeah. <laughs> all the feats. I'm going to do all these Amish tricks, uh, you know, when they make nails into puzzles. I'm going to do them all in 10 minutes. No, but seriously, we're all Alexander the Greats nowadays, because I'm sure this knot was not more complicated than a pile of cables. That everyone or has. just two-factor authentication. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, hold on. I'm just checking my notes. Holding for notes. Notes. While that's happening, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you are enjoying this episode of Roast Mortem. It's brought to you by TCBY, uh, the hottest yogurt in this side of the Mississippi. Oh, <laughs> NTY belly baby. Billy baby. Baby boobies. <laughs> baby dobbies. <laughs> they got beans in them. Yeah. All right. Back to your program. All right. So he goes to Gordium. Um, he's like, yeah, I'm going to check out this knot, see if I can untie it, because I am destined to rule over all of Asia. You guys might not know that yet, but I do. He gets there. The whole army's watching. They're cheering him on. He has no fucking clue how to untie this knot. <laughs> he's, he's lost. He's got it. He's like, oh, shit. Like, this is not looking good for everybody. I'm kind of fumbling up here. Yeah, so he, probably, he, he probably should have been doing all those racist jokes before, yeah. making his eyes all squinty. Yeah. It's like, you're not... Dude, stop with the jokes. You gotta do the knot yeah. first. Yeah, wait. Do just wait a little bit, man. Just do the knot. Yeah. So he says, fuck this, draws a sword, and slices through the knot. Hell yeah. And, and says, I have untied the knot. I am going to be the king of all of Asia. Um, it's reputed that that night, a thunderstorm blew through the area um, with loud cracks of thunder and huge peals of lightning. Obviously a signal that Zeus approved of his son 
conquering the Gordium Knot and that he is going to rule over all of Asia. It's funny because if you wanted to, you could just say his dad didn't approve. That's why he got mad. Yeah. Yeah. Like you did it wrong. I'm these are angry bolts. Can't yeah. you read my bolts by now, yeah, son? I'm saying a stop this here. This bolt son. is my belt. And I just can't reach you from here. Now bend over, son, before I come blowing through that. If I was happy, I would have sent a bunch of eagles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I do. I got so many eagles. Yeah. They're like get well cards <laughs> with the eagles. Yeah. I buy them after <laughs> Mother's Day is over. They're on sale. You got pneumonia? Here's an eagle. That'll help. Drink that tea that the surgeon prepared yeah. for you. Yeah. It's made of a rock and some frogs. You bought it from a hippie yeah. chick that lives in a castle. <laughs> so it has been one year since Alexander left Macedonia. He has fought one major battle and has won one major siege, but with a lot of small skirmishes and sieges along the way. He has conquered um, a massive chunk of the Persian Empire. And... Darius III is preparing his massive army deep in Mesopotamia. So this is the showdown coming of when and where will they fight. Alexander leaves Gordium, heads southeast towards present-day Syria. Um, and in the city of Tarsus on the coast, he becomes very sick. Mm. It's bad. That, Something's wrong with uh, Alexander. Do you think he had the, 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 the clam chowder on a, on a Wednesday? Um, I maybe I think really what happened is he was hanging out in too many marshes and probably had uh, oh easy yeah because this is like malaria capital of uh, of Greece <laughs> even though we're outside of Greece now. yeah he could have really used some ivermectin yeah he could they had run out of it though they had they had COVID uh, three thirty two BC a couple of years before this so. <laughs> gotcha yeah yeah. I don't know. I think I'm going to um, go with the... I mean, no, never mind. They are Greek. They eat bad seafood all the time. Uh, so it wasn't seafood. It probably horse meat or something. Yeah, he probably had like some skiffy yeah. horse yeah. horse milk. and <laughs> didn't sit yeah. well. Oh, my tummy don't feel good. I don't like this. Yeah. Mm. Now, this goes on for months. Um, he's really <laughs> sick. Like, barely can get out of bed. Um, barely can give orders. Again, he is still a new king, even though he is achieved all this wonderful brilliance in such a short time he's still new to the job so no one knows what would happen if he died he still is not married which is insane in the ancient world that he's been king for over a year and doesn't have a, ma a wife and a kid also he's like, 20 don't they marry at like 15 back then yeah so it's very odd that he and everyone's kind of like alexander you need because if you die everything goes away like it all stops they're like, whoa, I, I, he's not married. I don't understand. I think it's because he's gay. I don't understand why he's not married, though. <laughs> it's, it's, I think he wants to marry Hephaestion, but wait, he can't. Wait, it's ancient Greece. But why Greece. does he want to get married? <laughs> I forgot it's ancient Greece. We're all gay. <laughs> why isn't he married? Yeah, why is he married? <laughs> you don't have, um, to, you don't so have to like it. You don't have to like it. You just got to do it. Put it in there. Just yeah. pretend, close your eyes. Alex, you can have Hephaestion in the bedroom with you. You're the king. You can do whatever you want. You just got to finish yeah, inside you could, her. You could yeah. do a Mormon style. You just have Hephaestion push you in there. Hell, Hephaestion could finish inside her and you could say it's her it yeah, baby. doesn't fucking matter. Listen, you're great. We need at least something good. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Spin one off for us. Yeah. Um, now, while he's very sick and the army is kind of panicking about what's going on, they receive news that Darius III has left Babylon 
and is making his way northwest along the Euphrates River right to where Alexander and they are, his oh, men are. Oh, shit. That probably made his stomach go, oh, no. Yeah. This is an army of probably between 100 and 140,000 men with probably an equal number of support staff and baggage train to supply it all. And Alexander and his men are far, far from home. They've not gotten any new reinforcements in over a year. Um, they fought a bunch of battles, and even if they're winning them, you know, they'd take their toll. Don't forget the prostitutes. So, not looking good. The baggage train. Don't forget the prostitutes. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're all there. They're, they're all there. And Darius is leaving with his, um, his wife, kids, sisters, his brother, and his mom. Ah. They're all with Darius oh, all as right. well. Leroy. <laughs> yeah, he's bringing the whole family. Bringing Leroy. Well, I wasn't yeah. going to bring the kids, but it's, it, it's, you know, they come free on the baggage train. You know, that's free if they're under yeah. two. <laughs> that's true. So, look, you got to imagine, you, you hear this is coming. You work for Alexander. He's in bed. He's got malaria, probably from mosquitoes. Your job is to come up with bullshit ideas, right? An advisor of sorts. You know you're not going <laughs> to get listened to. You know one of these guys had to throw up, let's train these mosquitoes to hit these armies coming at us right now here. Yeah. <laughs> we can get, collect them like bees. Have you ever had mosquito and, and honey? Be- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because everything takes a while. They're like, all right, let's get drunk on that one. They put the mosquitoes all night. And they thought, they kept thinking, oh, maybe we can entice them, maybe smear them with blood. I don't know. We'll just get them whistling, you know, <laughs> flying at these Darius boys. Yeah, that was their, t- that was their tactic, just to have the mosquitoes fly past the ear enough while they were in battle, right? Just that annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, God damn yeah, it. I mean, that, it's fun. You know, waking up the next day. Oh, definitely not doing that. Let's kill that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Alexander finally recovers. Um, he gets out of his sickness. Um, and he hears all this news that the army's coming. So he's like, okay, finally. We're finally going to fucking have the battle. We're going to do it. It's going to be coming. Um, now, at this point, the armies are really close to each other. They're on opposite sides of a mountain range. So there's a bunch of different passes in between them. Um, these are all narrow mountain passes, but so the scouts are kind of going back and forth, and they all know, all right, the showdown's here. Now, Darius has the advantage. He's got the initiative. He can kind of do what he wants. He can either fall back to the fortresses along the Euphrates and just kind of wait for Alexander to stretch his supply lines even mm-hmm. further, or... Uh, and also, the big advantage of that is it's wide open land, and he's got this huge, huge army, so it'll help him, you know, like, spread out, and Alexander's just going to be a tiny little ball of guys. Or, he can push his advantage, go through the mountain passes, and try and find Alexander's army unprepared. And that's what they do. Probably not the smart option. You've got the number advantage, you've got the supply lines, why stretch that? So that's, he heads through the mountains, but Alexander wanted this. This was his whole plan. He was like, we got, we have smaller numbers. I'm going to take a page out of the Thermopylae playbook. I'm going to go to a tight play where um, the numbers are going to, you know, bottleneck in and I can fight on even terms. So he leaves certain mountain passes completely unguarded. That way the Persians will go through those and not other ones. And basically what happens is the Persians pop out on the coast plain that uh, Alexander and the army are on. They're on the north side, Alexander's on the south side, and the stage is finally set. Darius III and the Persian army on one side, Alexander and his Macedonians on the other. 
And here's the battle. It's time. It's time. So, it is November of 334 BC. The showdown that Alexander has been waiting for is here. Darius III and the army is on the opposite side. Once again, they are on opposite sides of a very shallow, um, easily fordable river. This, it just happens again. So this time, it's not the Granicus River, it's the uh, Pinaris River. But they are near a town called Issus, and that is where the battle will get its name. So the first one was named after the river, the Battle of Granicus. Now we're at the Battle of Issus. Are you pronouncing it Issus so we don't get flagged off of Spotify? Yeah. No, it's spelt I-S-S-U-S. Oh, okay. Good so. cup. Good, is good cover. Good it, this cover. battle is sus. Yeah. Wink, <laughs> wink. Yeah. They love, they had a great now, once black again, flag with some swords and shit on it. Some gobbledygook yeah. language. Who gives a shit about <laughs> So this time they're not catching an unaware Persian army that's not ready for battle. This is a Persian army that has been training for this purpose for, you know, six to eight months. Um, they kind of know what they're up against. And they spend a lo- all morning, and I think they like meet each other, and then they have like one night where they're just kind of on the opposite sides, and then sleep through the night, and then ready for the next day. Do you day. think during this time they're having like cooking battle, like who can make the best chili and shit, like just like all these like mini games between the two? They're roasting, yeah. they're roasting the spinning yeah. meats, and it's just who smells yeah. better, you know, whose campfire. Yeah, it's like, well, you better. might beat us in battle, but check it out, check out this meat I just made. Woo wee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So this battle is known that uh, there's a long period of deployment in the morning where they're just kind of separated by about 100 meters, just yelling shit at each other all morning. So like, where Granicus, whereas like, you guys were joking that they would do that, this time they're actually just doing that. They're just yelling at each other across the river. Alexander takes a much different approach um, this time. He's not going to just charge right across. He almost got slaughtered that time. So instead, he advances the army very slowly just kind of creeping closer and closer and closer. And every now and then he would stop the advance and he would ride up and down the line and shout out words of encouragement to his buddies and basically be like, don't worry guys, I'm Alexander, we're gonna win. You got this, good job, Tiger. Good job, sport. Yeah. Give him a little pat on the butt. Once again. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of of butt pats. A lot of butt pats, yeah. That's why it's so slow is because everyone's just trying to get their pats in. Mm. Um, Finally... As he's doing this cautious, slow advance, the Persians are kind of getting impatient. They're getting a little nervous. Alexander, he sees it, the gap in the lines that he's been waiting for. Horn sound charges on once again and again. He's right at the front in his big, bright, shiny armor and his feathers. And he's like, let's go fucking kill some Persians. Now, is the feather that got lobbed off, is it like duct taped on there? (laughs) Probably. Like a broken pair of glasses or something? (laughs) So he's got a... It's like blue electrical he's, tape. Yeah, he's got a real line. eye for these holes. He looks through these holes in the line. And he's like, oh. Loves a hole. Look at that, look at that gaped yeah. hole right there. I just got to get right in yeah. there. Yeah. Where's the hole in the valley? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he leads this cavalry charge right into the heart of the ar- uh, Persian army. Starts slaughtering guys left and right. It's going great. They're doing wonderful. But this is a big battle. Granicus was a much smaller affair. You know, Alexander could kind of lead from the front and still give orders for what's happening on the opposite side of the line. That's not the case here. Because elsewhere in the line, there are Greek mercenaries fighting for the Persians that are taking their toll on the Macedonian army. They're slaughtering, they're pushing them back further and further. But Alexander and his companions, they had just like cleared their area of the battlefield, and now they have unopened, or uncontested access to the rear of the Persian line. So they basically break through, 
and then swoop down from behind and just start slaughtering Persians once so more. So they did like a, a, a flank, right? Kind of like a little. Yeah. It's like they imagine like the two lines are advancing. Yeah. Alexander's on the bottom. The Persians are on the top and Alexander's on the bottom. Yeah. Right. And he blitzes his army through the uh, upper right hand side of the Persians. And like the Persians on the other, I don't know, the whole battle on the other side is going well for the Persians. So Alexander just makes a wheel right. shape. So like when those basketball oh. men are doing fancy dribbling and then they dribble around the guy and he falls over. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like a perfect little yeah. crossover. Like I went faked right and yeah. he came left. I know basketball. Yeah. I know sports. <laughs> <laughs> now it becomes very obvious that the Persians are losing this battle. Um, they can't get their number advantage. They have troops that are in the back that aren't even ready for battle that are basically wearing like wicker shields and flimsy spears and they're not ready to fight. Um, Alexander has a different cavalry wing that just kind of comes out of nowhere and starts seizing the baggage train. Darius, for his part, he is at this battlefield. Um, it was traditional for the Persian king to be in the center of the line in a gigantic chariot surrounded by like his elite bodyguard. So their units are destroying the Macedonians, but everywhere else the battle is going badly. So Darius is like, we have to retreat if I'm going to live for another day. So he does. So Darius takes off in his chariot, leaves the battlefield. The rest of the Persian army sees that their great king of kings has just fled in Alexander's onslaught. So they kind of just melt away and the Persian's army is just destroyed completely. Wow. And Darius Damn. flees. I'm imagining this chariot having like hydraulics and shit. Like it's an Escalade. Yeah. Like hydraulics. It had a hookah yeah. bar in the back. Yeah. Um, they painted flames on it. <laughs> Yeah. Tinted windows, Everything's yeah, chrome whole trim. nine yards. Oh god! <laughs> All the horses had um, chrome uh, horseshoes <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Oakleys on. <laughs> oh, one thing I didn't mention about Alexander charging cavalry charges—that kind of adds even crazier view to all this perspective. They don't have stirrups. Like this is pre-stirrup technology, so they're just like all they're doing is like throwing cloth over a horse and holding onto reins. While wielding swords and spears and killing people. That's like borderline retarded. <laughs> it's, it is. It's suicidal. I, I think what's yeah. funny is sometimes, you know, you get these history, and I'm, I am guilty of it sometimes, where you watch a historical movie and you're like, that's not historically accurate. Blah, 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 blah. And I, I've, I've noticed, and I knew that stirrup thing, but when you watch these old movies where, like, before stirrups were invented... It's like a, it has to do with like a liability thing. Like they won't let the actors ride horses without stirrups, you know, and people don't oh, know. Yeah, yeah. And people so don't dangerous. know how to do it properly to do these maneuvers. So look at yeah, well, fucking Christopher Reeve. He was just doing it for fun with stirrups and he's got neck. Yeah. Yeah. I think stirrups were invented by them. If not invented by the Mongols, they didn't really become popular until the Mongols. So that's like. 1600 yeah. years later is when they finally get stirrups yeah. oh man that's nuts dude also travis i know he's just mentioning like you watch something that's supposed to take place in history a movie or something like that and you see something that's not historically accurate sometimes i see it and i go man i wish it happened that way yeah because this is sick yeah this I is mean, that, way cooler is i want so colin awesome. farrell to be Th alexander exactly. that is true like when i watched the marvel universe and thanos disappeared it that's history. <laughs> yeah, that would be history. good if they just ended Marvel yeah. like that. Like, we're not making these fucking lame movies Fucking anymore. sucks. Everyone's yeah. dead. Any adult yeah. who's been watching this and in pure joy, go fucking drown. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
as Darius flees, um, eventually he switches from the chariot to a horse. And not only is he just fleeing the battlefield, he just keeps going. He flees all the way back to the Euphrates <laughs> River, which is like 200 miles away. Because he's like, that guy Alexander is insane, and he's going to catch up to me. Oh, so he pulled like a, uh, like a Looney Tunes bit. Yeah. Yeah, and as Beow. much as Alex, yeah, I imagine him just being like, we'll "Don't runner. look behind, don't look behind, don't look behind." Yeah, and as much as Alexander wanted to just go chase after him, he knew he couldn't um, because Darius flees at a point in the battle where it's still not going well on the far flank from where Alexander is. So he has this moment of like, "Do I chase Darius to end the war now, but maybe lose my army, or do I?" reinforce my like flailing army and just finish it off so he reinforces them and that's when the persian army just fully retreats and gets slaughtered like tens and tens of thousands dying the rest all being sold in slavery it's not very good mm, for the Persians. bad day mm. bad day for ja for kebabs team kebab yeah <laughs> also not a perfect day for alexander though he was hoping this would be the big showdown that this would be the battle and everything would end here but because darius can escape he can go raise another army. He's got 50 million people to draw upon. So the fight will continue. Um, however, it's not total loss. Like we said, he beat a big army. He also captures Darius's wife, children, mother, sisters, and brother. Not mom, no. Oh, you mean the people who didn't need a B-Day? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so he captures his, uh, Darius's mother, who is, um, her name is Sissy Gambus. Ooh. Um, and Alexander is like, all right, I want to meet Darius's mother. That'd be cool. So he and his best friend Hephaestion go into the tent where she is being kept. Um, the two walk in and, uh, Sissy Gambus walks up to Hephaestion and begins to, you know, like supplicate as if he is Alexander. Cause she just doesn't know who's <laughs> Alexander. Wow. So she goes up to Hephaestion and is like, my new king, what can I do for you? And Alexander is like, ah, I'm over here. Hi. However, he says something that historians have picked over ever since. He apparently says, quote, you were not mistaken, mother. This man, too, is Alexander. Basically saying Hephaestion is me and I am him. Ooh. And he also calls her mom. Like, <laughs> oh, what? what's going on here? Yeah. Oh. So maybe he, maybe he is married, you know? I don't know. Sick. Uh, he and Sissy Gambus would actually have developed like a great friendship and relationship. Um, he would always call her mother. That's just what his name for her became. He, and she be, kind of became like his stepmom because she would be with him. He never saw his mom again because, um, again, he never goes back to Europe and she's back in Macedonia. Olympias is just hanging out there. But but Sissy um, here, basically, ruling Sissy over here, it. like, talk about a shitty mom. It's like your son just got his butthole pushed in and now you're going to go. You know, they're gonna hang out with your, your new son, son, Alexander. Well, I but, mean, yeah. you know, a mom's got to be a mom sometimes. You know, just like look, you, she can't son's not, not mom. Dead. You know, she yeah. can't stop mom. That's true. Her, her son isn't dead. This nice man has picked you up. He's feeding you dried fruits and uh, rotisserie chickens, whatever the hell they're eating. She's like, you know what? You're pretty nice to me. Can I? Can I wash your undershirts? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe now, she just is, had dementia. Oh, just didn't know where she would. I'm your son. I'm hello. Oh, yeah, Darius. Hi. <laughs> All right, sissy space. Did you did you win, honey? Did you win. That's the only person that calls me mom. 
Did you These win the battle, like, babe? Darius is like, how old is he? You said he's like 45? Probably, yeah. yeah Probably so, in his like early 40s. So his mom's got to be like, what, 47? Yeah. That's how <laughs> yeah. it was back then. No, no, no. She was 52. That's when she, she was 12 when she had her period. So that's when she could start right. having kids. <laughs> All right. There you go. Yeah. Um, so Issus is notable for a few things, um, tactically and also for the his- history of Alexander. Tactically, it becomes the blueprint for how he's going to fight basically every battle for the rest of his life. Hardcore Macedonian hoplite phalanx right in the middle, a weak cavalry on the left flank, and Alexander and his companions on the right. And the whole plan is let the hoplites in the middle take the brunt of the attack, and then the cavalry on the right will blitz through and destroy the army on the opposite side. And that's what he'll do forever. Right, and now it's, now it's about um, his, esports. So he was just tanking that phalanx, yeah. and then you got mm-hmm. like the rogue boy, Alex, going around. Yeah, you'd have the yeah. tank right in the middle, then you got the DPS on the right, and then his healers were basically like the Agrinian javelin throwers. They were like the linchpin that could kind of screen for the cavalry before the big yeah, charge came. just for you esporters. Yeah. It is also famous um, for the Alexander Mosaic. So in the artwork for today's episode, you'll see a picture of Alexander and maybe a picture of Darius, because it's a very funny image of Darius um, in the Alexander Mosaic. Um, it's a mosaic that was found in Pompeii, and it's a picture of this battle of Alexander fighting um, Darius at the Battle of Issus, and it's believed to be a recreation of a painting of Alexander that was done in his lifetime. So we think that this is probably pretty close to what he actually may have looked like. He looks very cool. He looks like a l- yeah, and Darius looks very silly. <laughs> Yeah. He looks like a lot of people I went to school with, most of them named Anthony. <laughs> yeah, he definitely looks like a lax yeah. bro in this um, image. Hold on, I'm going to drop it in the chat, because then you guys should definitely scroll to see what Darius looks like. Um, it's hilarious. Know what Darius looks like. All right. Take a look. Oh, that's him with his nice little knit hat on. <laughs> yeah, with like the big, like, oh, oh no, my army oh. kind of look. <laughs> Darius looks like he's a sponsor or like the the mascot for some mustard company. <laughs> yeah, just getting his ass pushed in. Yeah, I also I like the guy to behind. Be here. I like the guy behind Darius who's like, "I'm getting the fuck out." And he's got yeah. that whip we, going like he's we are leaving. Yeah, <laughs> I will say Alexander's got this anime look to him. Those eyes are just giant. Yeah, this he, was actually he basically the f- is an anime hero in real life, so it makes sense. Well, this was actually the first Japanese person in Pompeii that did this. <laughs> <laughs> from Formosa. Yeah, yeah from, from Formosa. Formosa. <laughs> so with the Battle of Issus one, Alexander um, has achieved, again, just more brilliance stacked upon brilliance. He has conquered all of Asia Minor. It's all at his disposal. The Great King is in disarray. He is secure in his power and all of this and he could stop here but he's not he's gonna keep going he still has to kill or capture darius and he still has to become take over the persian army but he still has um before he can do that he's got to secure his coastline like we said he disbanded his navy so now the persian navy that's in the mediterranean is kind of running wild that persian navy is based out of gaza um you know modern day israel that's where the phoenicians are from the city of tyre will become a major player um, in our next episode because he's got to march down the south coast of Israel and then head to Egypt before he can go deep into Persia 
and track down Darius. Walk like an Egyptian. Dude. Yeah. Awesome. Dude. So next week on Alexander's Adventures, we'll be going through Palestine and then Egypt. All right. Wait, so well, we might have said, to release a said, heavily censored version of the show as soon as yeah. I get yanked. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, come on, guys. We just did. Uh, we just did Taiwan. Now we're going to be talking about Palestine. What's going on here? Don't worry. It's um, <laughs> it's the ancient world, so none of it was around. Oh, okay. It was yeah, all true. fake. We'll come up with cute names for it. Yeah, he doesn't really bother with Jerusalem because Jerusalem is still just like a nothing city at this point. Don't, dude. Even, all right. Never mind. <laughs> okay, uh, Connor, thank you very much for bringing in part three here. Um, we don't know how many we're doing on this. You haven't decided, no. right? Yeah. I think five will probably be where we end up. Wow, so get ready for that, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Um, get battles your- and battles and battles. Yes, get out your popcorn makers. Uh, tell your significant other to shut up because you're listening to Roast Mortem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that's it. Get some greatness. Yeah, get your greatness. Go to patreon.com slash roastmortemcast. Uh, pay for greatness. Yeah. And Travis, anything else I'm missing? I'm missing things. I know I am. Look, I'm just saying, like, you want to be the great. You don't want to be, like, the terrible or the ugly or, like, the, the uh, fucking the f- infertile yeah. man. The you stupid want. one. Stupid. This is a smart show. Amen. <laughs> and uh, Danky Shane to yeah. all. Dankums. Dankums. Thank you. Bye, bye, bye. Bye.